When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It's Thursday, July 21st, and I got a lot of a lot of freaking notes. Um, there was a lot that went on yesterday. Um, and just to tell you guys, I will not be doing a podcast tomorrow. I am going to be driving. So uh, I will. This is the last podcast of the week. I've got some good insights into some stuff. Um, let me start Active Trader Pro. I didn't start Active Trader Pro. Um, but and it's interesting because Fidelity is asking me, and I spoke, if any of you are Fidelity customers and are, uh, have two-factor authentication, and I suggest that you do, um, at the very least, you should have two-factor authentication on for almost uh, every device, every email, every kind of thing that you have, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I did speak to, uh, the dog's about to start crying. Um uh, Fidelity yesterday. So I talked to Fidelity. Sorry, I had to pause that because the dogs were crying. Um, two-factor authentication. They are going through some, some redo of the two-factor authentication. And the help desk was notified that they will have a significant increase in the customers calling in for two-factor authentication stuff. So uh, if you do have Fidelity, do not get frustrated like I currently was and, and just go with it. Um, I did some analysis, you know, I'll, I'll go over a lot of what kind of went over. We've got a lot of earnings. We've got a lot of, uh, things going on. Um, one of the things that you're seeing in the futures is that the Dow is down by a hundred points and the NASDAQ is up. I looked at year to date. So Dow is down 12%. NASDAQ is down 24%. The S and P is down 17%. The Russell 1000 is down 18%. There is a big difference between that Dow down 12%, the NASDAQ down 24%, and the S&P down 17%. And the reason is energy. Energy is the whole reason that the S&P and the Dow are not down as much as the NASDAQ. And what you're seeing is uh, over, yeah, so the Dow is down 53. It was down 100. Implied open of the NASDAQ is up 16. So I, in my guess, again, 12, 24, 17, it, down NASDAQ S&P. Uh, down NASDAQ S&P for one month, up 4% for the Dow, up 7% for the NASDAQ, up 5% for the uh, S&P. In my mind, I think what you're seeing is the collapse of commodities and oil, <clears throat> specifically energy. And so I, I think that's where the NASDAQ did not gain any is it has no oil or anything like that energy kind of stuff in it. So it's mostly tech and tech got killed. I think what you're seeing in the, the, the one month, uh, the fact that the NASDAQ has doubled, almost doubled the Dow and the S&P uh, on one month is not only the collapse of the, um, the energy markets, but the NASDAQ is just so far down. So it's just trying to come back up. So when you're looking for opportunities, uh, I, I hate to say this because just because a stock was up doesn't mean that it, it, it should go back to that. But when you look at these indices and you're looking at the NASDAQ down by so much and the, the Dow and the S&P not down, well, that's a, an indication of an oversold rally uh, that should happen at some point. It's going to be one of two things. Either down the S&P are going to come down more to meet the NASDAQ or the NASDAQ is going to come up to meet the down the S&P. Uh, these indices are created and, and adjusted and, and identified to in order to kind of almost um, compose a symbiotic relationship so that you can uh, identify, okay, uh, here's an indices. It's tracked over time. Uh, it should produce blah, 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 blah. So... Um, I did look at that one, but again, one month, the Dow up 4%, the NASDAQ up 7%. I mean, 7% on the triple Qs, wow. Um, so, uh, 
let's see what's the next thing that we're, oh the the big one Tesla earnings uh Tesla the, the, one of the big things for me was Tesla sold out 75% of their bitcoin they also claimed a 98 million dollar gain from it um if not for that bitcoin sale and that interesting accounting because they they I don't think they made money on that there's there's definitely some interesting accounting that went on uh, Tesla would have lost money. Now, uh, the, the, the the stock initially went down on, on the earnings, and it's because they didn't meet their margin. Um, even Gene Muster, who's a huge Tesla bull, huge Apple bull, huge Tesla bull, um, said it was a bad quarter. And, and it was a bad quarter because of cost. It was, you know, the cost crept in. They weren't able to... Uh, increase even though they increased their their price to get the customer they weren't inc- able to cut their costs um, again Berlin and Texas kind of are sucking that one dry you know it, it's been but it would have been a cash flow negative quarter had it not been for the Bitcoin sale what's interesting is when they bought the Bitcoin Elon said we are not selling this well they sold 75% of it so uh, Elon's not exactly the the best listen I, I think the guy's brilliant hasn't been the most truthful of people. Uh, need I say that I bought on at $380 when he said 420 was secured. He still says it was secured. Nobody's ever come come forward and said, yeah, it was secured other than Elon. So it wasn't secured. He didn't have the money in place to do that. Um, the, the company was floundering. The company was going bankrupt. And by the way, um, that is before a four for one split and a five for one split. So if you had bought at 400 um, at that time, that is currently worth about $2,000, I think. So almost a 300% incre- uh, return. So, uh, but uh, there is no reason that Tesla should be up. Um, again, without the Bitcoin sale, the, their cash flow would have been negative. So, uh, there's that. The second biggest news is that with the Nord Stream pipeline, Russia resumed gas flow. Uh, it's running at about 40%, and I, I believe that's because of sanctions. All you have to know is that Putin could shut this down any day, and it's likely that it gets either reduced or shut down. They may have a quote-unquote, hey, we need, a, we need service on a turbine. Well, if it's serviced on a turbine and he shuts it down, Europe can't fill their uh, th- their reserves. There is typically what you look at it, in situations like this. There is a lot of nationalistic politics that are coming up in Europe. There's France who says, hey, we have all of this nuclear energy. Why should we um, uh, be sanctioned where we are regulated to where we can't? Um, you know, have our energy um, go forward. We, you know, our 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 citizens are asked to cut their energy use by fifteen percent, but we have a glut of energy because we have nuclear. Um, Italy, on the other hand, has a prime minister that just resigned. Um, I think it's the prime minister, uh, and they are probably looking at default, and they're raising their rates. Um, and the EU is kind of supporting them, and I, th- I believe Greece may be in default again. There is a lot of, hey, why are we in this EU kind of thing? Well, the EU is around because of the United States and the larger economies in the world, and they are stronger together than they are separate. So, um, but, you know, with, with just like America with the quote-unquote America first where, hey, we're bringing the jobs back. Well, FYI, we're not bringing the jobs back. Uh, if we brought the jobs back, you think inflation's bad now? Wait until you see if we bring the jobs back. The reason we do things overseas is because of the cost of doing business and the cost of uh, living over in other areas is significantly less. So the reason chips are made in other countries is because other countries prop up the, that industry. China, for instance... Uh, give subsidies to the chip makers to do that. And I'm not going to go into a lot of political stuff. But again, this is the reason why um, you have quote-unquote inflation is because in the emerging emerging parts of the world, uh, we're seeing that, hey, uh, we can't continue to do business at this low rate. Well, we've got to bring it back for national security reasons. 
Well, boom, you've got an increase in cost and the cost is going to be passed on. And and who benefits from this? It's shareholders. This is why you want to be invested. Um, you know, you're not going to change the world by not investing or hanging out and, 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 and you know, sitting on your throne and saying, hey, I'm not going to do this for moralistic reasons. Again, I don't invest in a lot of meat companies and food companies because I am um, uh, meat-free. I shouldn't say meat-free because I'm pescatarian probably but for compassion purposes. And ironically, it's funny because last night I watched a tuna, a, a large tuna um, being cut up and, and filleted um, on YouTube. Um, it was interesting to see, and I, I'm not sure I'm going to eat a lot of tuna because it was barbaric at best, but um, I, I watched it. So um, that, again, energy, it continues to be a big one. Um, I noticed and I posted yesterday and a lot of people um, had asked me, hey, what's confirmation? What's validation? Well, you can watch Snapchat Charlie's videos. I had I, I send everybody to I'm sorry, Zip Trader, Zip Trader, you uh, Zip Trader on uh, YouTube. Go and watch his how to buy stocks, how to validation, how to sell stocks, when to send, know when to sell, blah, blah, blah. Well, I posted yesterday in the morning, Snapchat went from essentially 1430 uh, all the way up to 1541. I think I posted when it was at about 1520 or so. Um, but in a five minute candle, this thing had just so much confirmation. It was above the 20 day. Uh, it was above the nine day. It just had so much confirmation inside, the, uh, just extending past the top of the Bollinger Bands which were uh, kind of expanding. They synced up. They haven't really uh, expanded. They've been kind of contracting, blah, blah, blah. It's at 1565 um, before earnings. Uh, Pinterest, P-I-N. This is another one. Again, Snapchat, Pinterest. Pinterest is said to be uh, in private equity. So there's the, the assumption that this one, this one, the ask is 27. The bid is 23, but you don't have a lot of pre-market volume. Um, oh, I'm sorry. That's pins. P I N S is Pinterest. I was looking at P I N. Sorry. I was going to say people trade Pinterest all the time in pre-market 10 day volume on Pinterest, 16 million, 90 day volume, 14 million. So you do have volume on your side. Uh, earnings date is eight one. Um, this one has some strength here, but it's had this some strength all the way from 19 to 21. Uh, I let's look at it on the algorithm real quick. Um, sorry, I was doing some scanning too, and we'll go into that one too. Uh, pins, let's look at pins. Uh, we're going to choose four hour algorithm. We're going to do this one. You'd be in this one at $20 and 72 cents. You're currently at 2126. So it's, it's a good, it's a good stock. You know, again, this one all the way down Pinterest. I don't think that they're making, I I think they may be profitable. Hold on. Let's look. Uh, they are profitable. Their forward PE is 19, which is interesting because Meta uh, forward uh, PE is 13. I, I think personally, Meta is probably going to grow a hell of a lot more than Pinterest. But what Pins has on its side is that the private equity is taken over and they are going to make this company profitable if they can. So uh, Snapchat, just so you know, their forward PE is 27 and, and they're continuing to rise. Um, I don't even know why. Let me see. Um, their last, um, downgrade overweight to neutral $30 to 18 price target. That was from Piper Sandler on June 2nd. Um, oh, it's, it's all snap options. Earnings are Thursday. Uh, wow. So it's after the bell today. Snapchat has earnings. That might be why. Let's see if you're in on Snapchat because Snapchat had quite a move yesterday. Uh, 1452, ironic, um, yesterday morning, 1452. So it crossed up yesterday morning. I didn't see it on my scans. I probably should have, but I haven't looked at a lot of those social media companies. Um, so there's that one. Uh, let's look at, uh, again, meta. If you're looking uh, since I'm looking at social media, meta has just had quite, You'd be in Meta as of July 18th, Monday, 169.98. You're at 183 right now. Huge freaking moves. 
Um, again, I said anything under 200, you can buy this one. Uh, I would not buy it now. The RSI is at 68. The earnings are coming up July 27. So next week we're having earnings. Uh, there is something in this stock. It is moving for probably some insider reasons. Um, when you look at insider buying and selling, um, there all that's been it's been awards and sales. There's no buying on internal, um, but I know that Meta has been buying up their stock. I don't know if they stopped it, but they were buying a ton of it before. Um, so it's an interesting one. Coinbase uh, had a friend, Bubblegum. Her name, I think her name's Katie, but she's on a. Uh, She's on Twitter. She's not listening. She hates podcasts. She hates anybody who uh, does anything with stocks. She is a AMC, GMC, uh, uh, GME kind of trader. Uh, she's awesome. I think she's funny as hell. She made 625% on coin options. Uh, coin, um, July 18th, we had a cross up at $62. This one, the uh, algorithm loses you 68, 66% versus 80% if you were to buy and hold. There were only seven wins out of 25 positions. Your average win was 9.58. You've gone from 62 all the way up to 75 on this one uh, since the MACD crossed. Now the RSI is at 73. There's no way I would freaking buy this one. The earnings are coming up uh, August 9th. Uh, do I think that this one, this one's going to have a pullback today and uh, all of crypto is going to have a pullback and most likely the reason is uh, the Tesla Bitcoin sale. This was an interesting one just because it was up so much. Uh, speaking of up so much, podcast favorite Qualcomm. God, I'm finally right about Qualcomm. Again, we had a cross up and I said, this is probably one of your best times to buy it. July 6th at 126. You are trading at 151 today. Their earnings are coming up next week, July 27th. Their ex-dividend date is coming up on August 31st. This is a crazy, crazy good company. Right now, the RSI is at 75. I don't know that I'd necessarily buy it right here if you're looking for a quick trade um, because the RSI is so much. If you're looking for a long-term investment, Qualcomm's forward PE, let's just look at this real quick, is 11. Just to put it in perspective, NVIDIA's forward PE is 28. Their current PE is 47. Qualcomm's current PE, uh, let's get back in there. Qualcomm's current PE is 15. So if you just do that, let's look at AMD. Again, 15 and 11 for PE and forward PE for Qualcomm. For AMD, uh, 33 and 18. So Qualcomm is crazy. Self-driving chips with Volkswagen. Again, it's a great... For year-to-date performance, they're down 17%. Um, off of their 52-week low, they're 28% up off of their 52-week uh, low. They're 21% high, uh, off their high. So you still have, probably have 21% to go uh, on this one. So if you're looking for a long-term investment, I'd say anything under 150 at this point is probably your bet. Um uh, anything, you know, over 150, I'd say you're probably selling on this one. I think 150 is your pivot point. By the way, back to Tesla, 700 is still your pivot point. Let's look at Tesla real quick because I think you did have a buy at seven. Yeah, 701 and July 7th, you had a buy. So you're up at 742. You don't quite have yours 10%. Um, but you know, again, if you would have bought uh, on July 5th, just a few days earlier at 640, you'd have your, you know, 10% in there. So <clears throat> I think Tesla is up 2% in the pre-market. Um, Qualcomm, Cleveland Cliffs. Let's look at this one. I, I put this down because I haven't looked at it. Their earnings are coming up um, today after the bell. Now, what's interesting is, you had a 16.95 buy-in June 27th. You have been riding that strike line on a four-hour chart. Again, I look at four-hour charts, but you have been riding that strike line with the MACD all the way since then. You've gone all the way down to 14.31 on this one on July 14th. If you bought a 14.31, like I told you, under 15, you are in great freaking shape. Now, heading into earnings, it's today after the bell. Um, or I'm sorry, it says pre-market. So it might be coming out fairly soon. 
Um, in fact, let me look at Cleveland Cliffs. Let me see if they announce their earnings. Um, yeah, it, the article at 816 is looking, saying uh, uninspired. So uh, this is an article from Real Money. Um, and it's, it's, it's right up on Finviz. If you want to read it, it's on Finviz. Um, I'm not too worried about it. Again, this stock has been beaten down. Do I think that, that it could go down to 14s? I think their guidance is the key, but it hasn't come out yet. If you want to buy it in pre-market, let's see. Cleveland Cliffs, um, ba 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 outperform on Cleveland is lowers price target to 30. Uh, they are at 1680. Uh, Credit Suisse. Their latest news, Credit Suisse uh, maintains uh, buy with an outperform and lowers the price target from 37 to 30. So you're at 16 and their price target is 30. Um, you know, again, Cleveland Glyphs, I like it. Uh, Disney, we talked about Disney and I said I like Disney. Disney was up 4% yesterday. Um, you are... Up, let's see, let's put in Disney into the algorithm because I don't think that it had a MACD cross up, but I think it was damn close. It did have a MACD cross up, 96.36. And I told you, anything under 100, you buy this one, um, July 18th. It's hovering right now around 103. Do I think it's going to get back down to a 100? I think it's going to get below 100. So I think Disney's in, on that list. You can buy this one, you can hold this one. Again, this is around where it was trading in the pandemic. You had China shutdowns. Right now, you've got the RSI up at 70, 70.33 on a four-hour chart. The MACD is way up. Their earnings are coming up August 10th, my birthday. Um, there is a clear volume shelf here at about 105. Uh, there's also a clear volume shelf here at 96. So be careful. Um, have your 5% stop loss in it if you're trading this one. If you're buying this for long term, I don't think you should worry about it. I've been sending people, there's been a lot of people with this upturn, uh, should I buy for the long term? There's a great article, and if you Google buying at the top, um, I'll post it again on Twitter. I post it a lot. I read this at least probably three to four times a year, and it's about a guy who basically um, hoards his money and just invests at the top of each market for, I think, 25 or 30 years, uh, and he just, they, all they do, he does is buy at the top. Um, doesn't buy at the bottom, it immediately goes down 10%, 15%, whatever the, the, the legs have been cut out from under it. Um, the guy you know, retires a millionaire. It's not like he, he had an average income. He put his you know 10% in, got his matching, blah, 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 put it in. Everything seemed fine. Um, so, you know, and again, I, I point out to people, um, while I do trade, it is a significantly small portion of my portfolio. The large majority of my portfolio is buy and hold. The example that I have is Apple. I bought Apple in 2006. It is worth a hell of a lot more money now than it was in 2006. It was a very small buy in 2006. It is today, uh, I think it's 50, 40, 40% of my portfolio, somewhere in that neighborhood. But um, the point is, there is no way I could have traded to that amount. Even if I had gotten in and out of Apple at the absolute opportune time, which, by the way, would have been impossible. Um, I would have missed some of those those gains, and would I have gotten back in big? No. I mean, you know, Tesla is a good example. It's at six seven sixty five right now, up three percent. I sold half my lot at seven fifty going into earnings. Uh, I trade around it because I, you know, I get this feeling. I would have been better off again. I, I told this the other day. My two thousand eight Tesla. Um, which I paid $68,000 for in 2008. If I had just bought the stock in 2008, I think it would be worth almost a million bucks. Um, instead, the car, you know, that $68,000 is worth 50000 is what I could trade it in for. By the way, Tesla's hold their value. I was shocked. I went to their uh, trade-in thing, and it says my car, they'll give me forty-five dollars to $50,000 for. And I could probably get significantly more on the private market because I have full self-driving. So... Uh, I like that one. IBM was down yesterday. Um, this is one, again, if you like just steady tech, IBM's probably your bet. This one's going to be trading between 120 and 130 probably for the next year or so. 
Um, they're su- they, they got super killed yesterday. Their RSI is down at 30. There's no MACD cross-up. I just brought it up because if you want boring, steady companies, buy that. Personal opinion is rather than buy IBM, I'd buy uh, SPY or VOO or one of those Vanguard indexes. Just track an index. You get dividends. It's a little safer than IBM because IBM, you know, again, could could be a bad one. Uh, UNH, we didn't have a cross down. We had a cross up here. I, I've said this July 18th. You got out on July 7th, July 15th with a 10% gain from that 475, but it got you right back in one candle later at 531. You'd still be in this one, but I expect a total sale uh, within the next day or so on this one. Again, 500 in my mind is the pivot point here. Costco came up as one. Degas, if you watch uh, uh, CNBC, Degas, I think he's Decatur Capital Management, um, which, by the way, there's a city here in Decatur. I don't know if he lives is in Decatur, Atlanta or not. Maybe. But he bought Costco. And Costco, we've had a buy since 459, June 22nd. It's at 524 right now. This has been just a historic run. Um, you're still in it. I, I, you still have confirmation above the nine day, above the twenty one day. I, there's no reason to get out of this one right now. It's at five twenty four. I think it's great. Um, he did sell Hilton. Hilton is one that he sold. Um, and again, you had some earnings today that I'll go over. Hilton uh, is you'd be in it at one sixteen and it's one twenty two. But he sold it. Sold it on strength. Ironically, um, the RSI is up at 66, so maybe he sold that. Tending into earnings July 26th, they may have some um, uh, currency issues. Maybe that's exactly what he was looking for. Um, FCX was one that a trader brought up that I've been looking at. Freeport McNamara, I mean, this is just, this is 100%. Um, they're claiming their earnings, let's see, pre-market today. So it should be coming out or it came out. But FCX, Freeport, McNamara, um, they have a gap here. They're trading at 28, but there's a gap here at 26. So um, there's an opportunity here. You'd be in it at um, 29.18. The RSI is a little bit up, but the trader brought it up because copper prices have been shrunk so much. They're oversold. They're under where they should be. So Freeport might be an opportunity there. I'm kind of bringing that up because I brought it up before. Shopify, my horror. This is my uh, Jim Cramer of the uh, of of recent past. In April, I told people, "Hey, it's got a hundred percent win rate." Well, in April, it just shot down. I mean, you know, we started April out at, and it's it, since April, it's gone through a, a one for twenty split or something. Um, no, nah, ten for one split. So we started out April. I'm moving over to April. Um, April 1st at 60, 68. Um, by the end of April, we were at, um, 44. So 30% loss. Again, I, I kind of, you know, I screwed this one up. Um, March 10th, you got in and I think I was saying this March 10th, you got in and then April 7th, you got out with a 15% gain. If you got in and, and I leaded you in there, my apologies. I didn't expect that one to go down this much, but it was one of the epic falls. April had a 100% win rate in the history of Shopify, so I said, oh, April's a good one for you. Well, it wasn't. You've had a buy-in July 19th, two days ago on Tuesday, at 34.02. Their earnings are coming up next week, July 26th. This one has fallen so much, I can't imagine it going down. Now, the problem is... You've got an RSI of 68. This one has run up significantly. It's The buy-in on July 19th was at 34. You've already hit your 10%. You're at 38. Um, it is at 38.49. It's trading right on the button today. I don't know. I mean, you know, again, if you're not in it, I hold about $20,000 worth of this at a significantly higher price. Um, I will tell you my price uh, my average buy-in is $74. So I am down significantly on this one. Uh, it is, and I've dollar cost averaged that down. So I didn't get out. I didn't manage my portfolio effectively. My bad. Um, by the way, Elon brought up, he thinks inflation is going to decline. So there is, again, no reason for Tesla to be up. Uh, I actually did not know this was a thing. But Willie, 
left me a message on Anchor. If you guys didn't know, Anchor's got um, an ability to actually do a voicemail message. Now, Willie, I will not play your voicemail message because I do respect pirate privacy. But the other reason is because when I played it last night, you had your uh, smoke detector alarm, the beeps going off. Anybody with dogs knows that that sound is just death. Um, my dogs went running under the table. So I will look at your stocks because I appreciate you, Willie. But next time you leave me a message, please, please, please change the, the battery in your spokes detector. Uh, I played it for a friend. She was laughing. Um, uh, she was like, yeah, I, I shouldn't say I played it for a friend. When I was, I, um, I played it for a friend while I was on uh, FaceTime and she saw, she's, she's the one that watches my dogs when I go out of town. And she saw the dogs running and she said, oh, I want to hug them so bad. So, Willie, thank you for your uh, your message. Just change your batteries. Uh, first one he wanted me to look at is one that was actually a da um, a laggard yesterday. Uh, Newmont Corporation, NEM. And, Willie, if you're in this one, my apologies because this has been beaten down and it continues to be beaten down. The RSI right now on my algorithm is at 23 um, I think this is similar to Cleveland Cliffs. I think this is a uh, mining company, if I'm correct. Let me go to, I'm in Finvis. Engages in the production and exploration of gold. And I had mentioned gold, that gold was oversold. Um, it also explores for co copper, silver, zinc, and lead. The company has operations assets in the United States, Canada, Mexico, Dominican Republic, Peru, Suriname, uh, Argentina, Chile, Chile, Australia, and Ghana. As of December 31st, it had uh, proven and uh, probable gold reserves of 92.8 million ounces and land positions of 62,800 square kilometers. Um, it is a long, long old company. Now, uh, in April when they came out, uh, there was all, and I'm just reading off of Finvis, just downgrades, downgrades, market perform, outperform to market perform. The actual uh, price target on this one is between 57 and 81, it seems, or 57 and 69. Sorry, 57 and 69. Uh, it, it has outperformed to the downside, Willie. Uh, it is currently at 52.31. Let me look at this in uh, Active Trader Pro. Uh, 10 day volume is 6.4, 90-day volume is 6.7. It's trading at 52.70 uh, in pre-market, so it's slightly up. I continue to say that gold is oversold. What I worry about too, what the positive side of this is that they mentioned copper. All of these precious metals and commodities have been to the downside because of the commodity um, implosion, if you will. If you think in uh, a a a recession is coming up, commodities just go down. So you don't you do have some volume. It looks like in the last two days on your side. Volume is picked up, but it's selling pressure volume. So while you don't have a MACD cross up, you do have a buy in here. The last one, two, the last three buys were for losses. There was one buy back in May that was for a gain that you held on for, it looks like about 10 days for a 0.8% gain. Um, what's interesting here is you go back to the commodity cycle of March into April. And you did have a 21%, which close to 40% right before the earnings uh, gain in, in Newmont for this one. This is an interesting stock, Willie. And I'll tell you, it's it's probably gambling because when I look at the weekly on this one, and again, I'm going up in time frame, uh, it is bouncing right off the 200-day right here at 52. So on the weekly chart, it's using the 200-day uh, as its uh, resistance level. Now, it's kind of broken through there, hasn't fully broken through there, but the only other time that it's broken through that 200-day, there were two other times. There was uh, May of 2019, and I don't know a catalyst for that, but it was from essentially August 2018 all the way up to May 2019. I believe that that was when the uh, the Fed was raising rates the last time, and they were concerned that we were the Fed was heading heading us into a recession, which again commodities would have gone down. And the only other time was COVID. And during COVID, during the week of um, it looks like March sixteenth, which was the COVID low, 
you had a low of $33 and a high of 46. You haven't reached that 46. Now, immediately during the next few months, you went up to about 57. It's an interesting one. There's a huge candle here, April 6th of 2020. And this was during the recovery. Uh, You opened the week at 48. Uh, The low of the week was 48. The high of the week was 57. So this shot from 48 to 57 during that week. And it wasn't an earnings week. That's what's crazy. It's during the middle of the, the earnings season. Now, uh, this week so far, you've got a open of 55, a low of 52. You're trading at the 52. You're trading at the low. Trade the trend. Willie, if I go back to a, a daily of this one um, and I look at uh, the the the... Again, when when I look at the daily um, and I see the 50-day crossing under the 200-day, that's what's called a death cross. And the death cross typically means you have more bearish behavior. Now, it's getting down to the area where it traded in December of 2021 before it had this huge run-up. I'd love to say that you're going to see this one turn around. I just think you're rolling the dice and you probably are down near 45 I'd say it has more likelihood to go to 45 than 55, but that earnings, who knows? Maybe they announced that, you know, they, they found a bunch of gold or that they 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 raised their guidance because they feel like copper's going to rebound. Um, I don't think that's the case because there's already been some earnings where nobody's really announced that. So they would be the first ones to say that. Um, there is significant volume shelf here at about 63 um, let's bring it back to where it was. Um, now you, the volume shelf really is at 56. Um, from this side, you really don't have any kind of, uh, volume support at this level. Um, it's kind of broken all the way through its volume support. So I think you're looking at that one as just a, that one's a, Hey, Let's swing for the fences and see if it goes back up. But I think there's better swing for the fences kind of places like Meta under 200. I think that's a swing for the fence that you could absolutely take. Now, the other one that Willie wants me to look at is Teladoc. Here's my, and, and before I look at the charts, I'll tell you my, my theory on Teladoc. Uh, Kathy Woods loves Teladoc. I don't particularly like Teladoc, and I don't know the business of Teladoc too well. What I do know is... Uh, hospital IT staff can set up a Teladoc-style service uh, and not pay Teladoc. Teladoc is for the family office that doesn't have the IT staff, for the smaller uh, business that doesn't have the IT staff. But I tell you what, insurance companies, they're they're setting up their own Teladoc. They're doing it themselves. The small family doctor businesses are the ones that are using Teladoc. And it's just a business. When I look at it, I still don't think it's making money. Let me make sure. Um... Yeah, they're still not making money, Willie. And and that's one of the dangerous ones. Now, do you have an opportunity to trade Teladoc? Hells yeah, you have an opportunity to trade Teladoc. Uh, it's one of these stocks that I would probably not hold on to through earnings because um, they do have an ability to just tank on earnings. And, and you see it almost every earnings period. They they kind of hype it up and then it just kind of falls down. It's been the last, that's been since, let's pull it back here. And again, I'm on the four hour chart. That's been since um, July of last year. I mean, every earnings, they've just kind of sank. So I wouldn't expect them to say anything less than that. Now, uh, you do have a buy-in here June 21st at 32. You're trading at 43. So you've gotten your money significantly from here. Their earnings are coming up July 27th. Now, TrendSpider has this thing where they predict the price going out from here. Um, their prediction is 35. It's never super accurate, but their prediction is 35. You're trading at 43 right now. I think if you've gotten in at 32 or you've gotten in in the 30s somewhere and you've gotten your 10% in this market, take your money and run. Take it. Uh, So Willie, thanks for your voice message. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope that gave you, by the way, if you wanted to trade in a range of Teladoc, um, my pivot point would be 35, anything around 35, I would buy under anything above it. I'd probably take my money and run. And and that's why I say at 43, 
you do have confirmation, and I talk about this a lot. You do have confirmation above the nine and the twenty-one. You absolutely do. Let me see what they're doing in pre-market, um, and it goes back to remember. Uh, this is one of the stocks that has brought the NASDAQ down. Um, and because the NASDAQ is down, the NASDAQ, the other, you know, NASDAQ's either going to go up or the other indices are going to come down. Teladoc, ironically, is down about 10% in the pre-market. Um, Levi and Kerensky notifies Teladoc investors. Let me read this news. Uh, of a class action lawsuit and upcoming deadline. That's, <laughs> looks like that, Yeah. Um, the ask is 40 Willie. Uh, I I'd say again, if I I go back to pivot point on this one is 35. Uh, I would not hold on to this one a long time just because it is, it's a nightmare. They're not making money. And in this market, when they're not making money, you don't want to be in it. So both those stocks, I'd be careful with. I'm not saying stay away from them because, uh, there are different stocks have different characteristics you can trade some you can own some i wouldn't invest in either one of those for the long term uh if you want a long-term buy i would still go with big tech speaking of big tech um let me scroll down i've got way too many notes by the way but we had google uh on a macd cross up on the algorithm g-o-o-g and g-o-o-g-l uh buy-in yesterday at 114 for g-o-o-g 114.66 now the last one, two, three, four, five, the last five Google buy-ins on the algorithm were losses. Um, the uh, algorithm makes you 27% on Google. Just buying and holding Google makes you 50%. This is over a 500, uh, 1,000 candles, so it's 500 trading days. You had 27 total positions. 10 were wins, 17 losses. The average win was 7%. The average loss is 2%. I particularly think that Google is not one you trade on this algorithm. I think Google is one that you buy um, and you just buy it. When I look at GOOG, their forward PE is 17. 17. Um, Yeah. How can you, again, 17. Uh, Performance year to date, they're down 20%. So they're beating the NASDAQ as a whole. They're 12% above their 52-week low, 24% below their 52-week high. Uh, I believe I bought this one at about 3000 I added to my position. Uh, I'm not going to go into my lots and look at it, but I believe it was 3000 I know I sold a, a portion of that at about 3300 uh, and this is before the split. I had a question from my buddy Jack yesterday. Hey, why is Google down 114 Did it crash? No, it's split... What was it? The split was 24-1. So, and that was back on July 18th. But Google had a MACD cross-up. Another one that had a MACD cross-up that I've brought up before is ArcG. And I know I told you guys, hey, I'd probably get out of this one because it's run so much. It did dip down from about 33 down to 30. Um, you had a buy-in here at $30.08 on June 21st. And I said, ooh, that looks ugly. It, it lost its confirmation. So I, I said, get out, expecting a, a downturn. Uh, the MACD never crossed down uh, when our moving averages were down in the algorithm. So you're still in this one at 38. So 30 to 38, you've got a nice 25% gain right there. Um, but it just had another MACD cross up. The RSI is at 65. So you've got continued strength in this ARCG uh, fund right here from 30 to 38. Uh, I did not buy anymore. I still own a bunch because I've got a tax uh, event when I do sell. Now, D-O-D-Dog, Datadog. Um, this is one that has been interesting because um, it has traded in this range between about 80 and 110 um, for the past three months. So you've had volatility in this one. Um, the algorithm loses you 15% on this. Uh, buying and holding makes you 16%. That does not mean I suggest you buy and hold this one because this is not making money. This is one of those highly volatile stocks. The average win is 13%. So the algorithm loves this one when you win. It hates it when you lose because it loses 8%. You've only had 11 wins, 17 losses. Their earnings are coming up on August 3rd. The algorithm says buy it at $100.86. I 
think it's down below that right now. Let me see uh, in pre-market. It is at 101. So uh, the bid is 100. So it just doesn't have a lot of pre-market uh, volume, it looks like. But $100.86 is the buy there. The uh, RSI is at 55. Uh, you've got your confirmation. I think that's probably a decent one that you could take um, some chances on with earnings coming up. The The problem is the last time earnings came up, they did significantly sink from 116 and they got down to a low of about 91. So again, this one, I think, you know, if you buy at 100, I, I think you could hit that 110 mark and take your 10% if earnings are good. Earnings are coming up on August 3rd. They did just, and the only reason I'm bringing it up is because it, it came up on my scans as a, a MACD cross-up. Another one that I've owned and traded in the past, Okta. Okta has a MACD cross-up yesterday at 103.02. Um, the last Okta uh, gain you had was from 87. I probably would have gotten you out at about 100, 102, somewhere around there. It wound up getting you out at about 91 with a 7% gain. Um Again, 7% gain, nothing to sneeze at in this market. That's a great, great trade. Um, but Okta, the algorithm loses you 47%. Buying and holding loses you 51%. You had nine wins. What I like about this one is your average win is 8%. It's not up there on, hey, this is one of my favorite ones to trade because I like things that are over 10%. But it did come up. I've owned this one in the past. It seems like it's just beaten down, but I do think, I don't think that they're making money. It's a software company that I think needs to really grow. Oh, why is this doing this? Um, Okta is not making money. No, the, the most recent July 20th, uh, Bernstein initiated coverage with a market perform and the price target is 94. Um, May 26th, Stevens overweight. Uh, they initiated coverage. They said buy it. Their price target is 145. Before that, uh, back in March, all of the price targets are 210 to 300. So I think you're taking your chance with Okta. Eh, I'm probably not putting my money into it. Uh, um, earnings don't come out until August 31st. So you really don't have a, a catalyst here. This is going to trade with the market. So if you think the market's going to go up or you think Okta is a good, has bottomed out here, I'd probably wait for it to get back under 100. My my take on this one, I'd probably put the pivot point at about 100 for that one. Uh, those are my cross-ups. Let's look. Union Pacific. Uh, I think it's UNP. Uh, yeah, Union Pacific beat earnings, uh, but their guidance was, was lower. So uh, you have a cross-up here, July 18th. We've gone over kind of some of the shippers as well. Zim. Um, has had a big move. It's got still got confirmation. This one, you had a buy-in July 7th at $43. And the only reason I'm bringing up Zim is because Union Pacific is up there. I love Zim. Zim is coming up with their uh, results August 16th. They're going to have an issue with uh, with costs. You've got a gap here that's not covered between 64 and 67. Uh, do you, I think that this runs up their way. Ah, uh, you've got a significant volume level here at 55. You're at 51 right now, but boy, you have confirmation. It is just way, way up there. Um, FedEx came up uh, in a discussion yesterday, and FedEx has been beaten down. Two days ago, you had a buy-in at 224. You're only at 227. Uh, their earnings aren't coming up until September 20th, so you've got a long time. They just reported back on June 23rd. You don't have a lot of catalysts on this one. Um, the RSI is at 55, so it's really in no man's land. You do have confirmation on this one. Again, the, the MACD crossed up July 19th, two days ago at 224. You're only at 227. Um, do I think it's got 250 in the bag? I think it may get back up to 240. I think there's more exciting kind of things up there. But if you're just looking for a long-term play, I think that's good. Um, AT&T, they beat earnings. Um, they didn't raise guidance. Um, they lowered their full year cash guidance and the CEO was on CNBC. Uh, I said, said yesterday, this was a MACD cross up at $20 and 82 cents. It has been hit hard. I think in pre-market it is down at 1925. Um, yeah, when they came out with earnings, this thing just slid. Uh, I did, you know, for me, AT&T is not a great play. Um, you know, they, they sold off. 
their uh, the, the Warner Brothers business uh, to Discovery. They still have some piece of it, I think, from a financial perspective. Uh, their dividend yield is 5.42%. So it's not a dividend to kind of um, you know sneeze at. In my mind, uh, again, Verizon is probably your best bet um, in the, the cell phone space, and that's where I consider AT&T to be at. Verizon earnings are coming out, um, is it today after the bell? Uh, pre-market, July 22nd, so tomorrow before the bell. Uh, you had a MACD cross up here at 51 on Verizon, but you immediately got out the next candle with a 1% loss. Um, you're trading at 49. I, I personally, I think the pivot point here for Verizon <clears throat> is about 50. Um, you trade. You had a, their last earnings; they traded all the way down to 46. And boy, I'm going on a long time here. But um, yeah, it, it, I've still got a lot to go over. But Verizon would be your play just with AT and T. Uh, let's talk about real estate because. Um, uh, the real estate market is going to get killed. I still think it's going to get killed. Remember I said DRV kind of with this market going up, DRV is kind of going down because it's a triple leverage short on the real estate market. So the real estate market may, uh, ooh, Amazon to acquire one medical, one M, which is up 66% in pre-market. One uh, M is one life healthcare. Um, Wow, they're paying $18 a share. And right now, One Life Healthcare is trading at $17 a share. So you can make a dollar if you think that that one's going to go through. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about uh, Verizon is your thing. Uh, we talked about oil. SEO is up today. Oil is down. Oil is down. The WTI, uh, West Texas Crude, is, um, by the way, SCO got you out yesterday with a 23% gain. Let's see if UCO got you in. Um, I think UCO had it in a couple days ago. Yeah, UCO got you in at 35. It's trading at 38. We're going to see this one down. Um, today, UCO, I think, goes down. Uh, Nord Stream Pipeline is up. It's running. Yeah, UCO is at 36 in pre-market. Um these I like to trade the trend and and you're getting a, a big trend on these SCO and uh, UCO uh, SCO doesn't trade as violently as um, uh, UCO does but SCO is at 24 uh, it's up from 23 decent move um, but you know again you know you take your pick on oil UCO and SCO do it uh, Boyle is down I think today um, because gas is, uh, down yet. Yeah, it's at 76. Um, this one in my mind, I, you know, God, you, I think you're still, let me look at the algorithm boil on the algorithm. Uh, you're still in with that $44 buy on July 7th and you still have huge confirmation. You're at 77 right now. Um, it is way, way up there. You've got a, a gap here between 64 and 67, which I don't know if it's if it's covered. It looks like it's covered because on July 18th, we kind of saw a little pullback in this one. Uh, this one, I think you'll see it pull back probably to about 67. In my mind, it's using that 200 day to kind of break through, but it's um, it's using that as resistance. You've got a, a gap here between 95 and 107. I think at some point in time, it goes back up to the, to those levels. Your RSI is at 70, so I don't necessarily consider this one a buy right now. But if you think that oil is going to, um, you know, natural gas, uh, and I should say, I believe that natural gas is going to explode. Um, the Nord Stream Pipeline, uh, Halima Croft, let me look at my notes. Um, Halima Croft was on CNBC today and said uh, Putin wants, doesn't want the EU to build up their storage. That's the key is that they're using the Nord Stream pipeline to build up their storage. They can't fill up their storage. They will only be to about 25 to 40% of their storage. Putin doesn't want that. Putin wants it as low as possible so that they are required to use the Nord Stream pipeline. He wants Nord Stream 2 up and running. It's there. It's good. All they have to do is turn it on. So the thought is that at some point Putin says, hey, there's a turbine that's down. We need this one fixed on our side. And he shuts it down. Boom. All you can hope for is that it's a warm winter. And Halima Cross said 
there is no reason to think that natural gas is going to go down. So Boyle, uh, this is, you know, ProShares Ultra, Bloomberg, natural gas. Boyle, in my mind, is is where you want to be. Um, and I think we talked about the nationalistic tendencies and the, the yeah, we talked about that. Uh, American Airlines reported in line, uh, maybe a bit higher, the highest quarterly revenue in the company's history, but airlines suck. Everyone knows this. They have taken a shit ton of American taxpayer money. They have used it to prop up their uh, employees who are currently you know, working and work through the pandemic and high five to everybody who worked through the pandemic. I don't think it was a bad mistake by the American government, but when you're providing this shitty service uh, and you've taken a bailout from the American government that didn't need to be paid back, why are you providing this service? And every CEO is getting on there and saying operationally, you know, we think that it's uh, the, the, the ground control. Well, proven now to not be the ground control. It's the pilots. And it's, you know, again, part of it is the pilots union. When I talk to a few of my pilot friends who are part of the union, they say, hey, we could be flying more. Union doesn't want us flying more. Uh, the FAA doesn't want us flying more. Um, you, in my mind, I think you want a union in that space because I, the last thing I want is a tired pilot, like the regional pilots. Those guys are exhausted. If you had to make a friend with a regional pilot, next time you're on a regional plane, just shake the hand of the regional pilot and talk to him about how many hours he has to do, how many hours he's on the ground, because they only get paid when they're in the plane. Um, there's a lot of, you know, Delta pilots I knew who are tenured, who are making a ton of money who through the pandemic didn't work that much, um, to be totally honest with you. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't shun them. I don't think, but American Airlines, I wouldn't buy into it. Um, Travelers Insurance way up, they beat, which was a huge surprise to me. Um, but they, they beat, they did talk about rising, raising rates, uh, which is going to cause customers. That's essentially what it is. Um, Carnival, is it Carnival? Let me see my notes. Um, guidance will be down. American Airlines, Gas, Germany, Halima Croft, um, DRV, Alcoa beat. Wow. And Alcoa is way up. Um, God, where's my note on the cruise line? I think it was Carnival. Um, things valuation will decline. Inflation will decline. Uh, CCL. Yeah, Carnival Cruise Line. Um, way down. Essentially what they did was uh, what everyone's been doing. Hey, we need more money. We're going to distribute million dollars worth, a billion dollars worth of stock. A billion dollars of new stock. Stock went from 11, trading at $9.73. God, whew. Uh, there's no reason to be in cruise lines. And see, if I was in a cruise line... It would be Norwegian, uh, which is, let me look at Norwegian real quick. Um, you'd be out. You would have had a buy-in at 925 on, uh, by the way, on Carnival. Uh, and that is 925 on July 6th. And you'd still be in it. So unfortunately, you probably didn't pull your profits out because you had a huge run up here. Um, uh, cruise. NCLH. I haven't pulled this one up in a while. I've traded this one a lot. NCLH uh, buy-in uh, July twelfth at eleven sixty-five. Their earnings are coming up on August fourth. This is the only cruise line I would be in right now. You have quite a gain on this one, um, and it's because of uh, you know um, uh, cruise stocks have all been up. Delta Airlines is the airline that I would be in. That's the only one. You had a buy-in here at $29.52 on June 24th. Uh, you'd still be in that. You'd be up your 10%, 32. Get it while you can. Um, Alcoa, let's look at AA because I mentioned this one just reading in my notes when I was looking for the Carnival Cruise Line. Uh, you had a buy-in here at $45.88. You went all the way down just below 40 or just above 40, I should say. Let's see. Yeah, just below 40 on July 14th, $39. Um they are going to be beating, and let's look at Active Trader Pro. And on Active Trader Pro, you're at 46. So uh, again, Alcoa, 
you know, 45.88, you're at 46.88. Um, this is one that, you know, they announced $2.67 earning. Uh, they're kind of trading in line. It was up big. Uh, DVN, TQQQ. So what would I trade today? In my mind, if you're looking at trading something today, again, you want to trade the trend. So uh, where would I go? Is it TQQQ, SPXU? Again, in my mind, I I don't think the market's giving us a a solid direction. Um, I think Macy's, uh, you still have some some pretty good confirmation on that one. If you're in that one, the RSI is trending up. Uh, I think Qualcomm is just too expensive. It is up there. Um, I'm looking at some of my my notes here from the past. Um, energy is down. You've got oil down. I think I would probably still be putting money into those, to be honest, because I don't see how supply... Um, keeps up with demand and at some point that that one's going to rise and 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 when I talk about energy I'm not talking about throwing your money into UCO let me be clear when I'm talking about energy I'm talking about Devon, Oxy, uh, Exxon, Chevron, MPLX some of those companies FANG um, those are the companies that I'm talking about because uh, you don't have the 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 huge kind of downside to that Throw your money in there to a company that you think is going to provide you the return on your capital. Devon Energy is a great example. We had a buy-in here at $53 back on July 7th. Their earnings are coming up on August 1st. It's trading at $57. That's almost your 10% right there. Now, it traded all the way down uh, to just below $50. Even though that $53 was a buy-in, Traded all the way down, so you almost lost your 10%. But here's the, the, the caveat here. These are companies that are going to make money. Any time that, that oil is over uh, $40, these companies make money. So Chevron's a good example. They're going to give you back money that they've made based on their oil. You had a buy-in here of Chevron at 136 It's trading at 146 um, this has been one, yeah, it's going to pull back today to probably 142, but if you bought at 136, again, my pivot point on this one is anything below 150, buy it, anything below one, uh, above 150, sell it. But if you're looking at for the long haul, these are companies that are going to give you your money back. MPLX is a perfect example. I've held MPLX for years now. I bought it when it was in the eights. I think it's at 30. Uh, this is one that has a 9% dividend yield. So while I've enjoyed that it's gone up, it also gives me 10%, you know, almost 10% per year in just dividends. I've got it in a retirement account. There is some tax implications there where I do have to pay some taxes on it. Even though it's in an IRA, I'm still paying some taxes on it. Um, but I don't mind holding this one and just collecting the dividend. Devon Energy is a good, another good one. It's the uh, largest dividend in the... Uh, in the S&P, it's 6.24%. And it's a solid dividend. Uh, your performance year to date, 30%. You're up 30%, plus you're getting a 6% dividend. So when I say energy, UCO, in my mind, you're trading that one. Boil, you're trading that one. They ain't paying you money back. So kind of, you know, do your research. Be smart. And, and I tell people this all the time. Don't listen to an idiot on the internet. I'm the idiot on the internet. Don't listen to me. Go do your own research. But if you need help researching, uh, again, like Willie, leave me a voicemail message. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on uh, Instagram. Any one of those. I'm up for it. Uh, And I apologize. I went an hour and three minutes. And there are still notes that I didn't get to, like uh, Blackstone. They say they had a great quarter. But shit, they lost the... It was a record amount of customer losses that they posted. And they're saying, hey, we had a great quarter. We beat the S&P. It's a record amount of money that you lost your customers. Don't pat yourself on the back and take your fees and be happy about it just because you didn't do as bad as an index. Um, Yeah, I didn't get to that. Uh, That rant was saved. So again, I'm going to be driving tomorrow. I will probably talk to you guys Monday in a very muted voice um, because I'll be doing the... My, I think I mentioned this. My parents sleep. They sleep late. 
So I'm in a dark room in the office, shut kind of, you know, just huddled up. Uh, I also am traveling, I think I told you, to L.A. and to Minneapolis with Major League Soccer. If you're in either city and you feel like stopping by the credentials booth, say hi. Say hi. We'll take a picture. I'll post it on my Twitter, just like I gave Willie a shout out. Uh, So, okay, have a great weekend. I hope you guys do well. Uh, I hope this market, AT&T is down almost 10%. Ooh, bad, bad situation. Um, you know, again, does it, and by the way, you're hearing my door, dog uh, snore in the background. That's, that's Miss Daisy. Um, they had a rough morning in that it was thundering and lightning and Willie's uh, fire alarm from last night or smoke alarm. So have a great day. Enjoy yourselves. Uh, have a great weekend. I hope you guys make some money. Enjoy. I'll talk to you later.